Really Weird Stuff is a holistic Twin Peaks podcast. That means we discuss each episode within the context of the series as a whole. In other words, spoilers abound. Welcome to Really Weird Stuff, episode 24, where we will discuss Twin Peaks season 2, episode 16, The Condemned Woman. Mm. Written by Trisha Brock and directed by Leslie Linka-Gladder who I really like as a director. Yeah, we've yep. seen her before. She directs four episodes of Twin Peaks, all told. And I just learned a fun fact tonight. <laughs> she played the hunchback seamstress at One Eye Jacks. Oh, great. Yeah, that's what we I was gasping her. about. We liked her, yes. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. She almost someone's MVP, but she was definitely a fish in the percolator on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> So that's fun. Leslie Lincoln Goddard stands over here. This episode originally aired on February 16th, 1991. That was my brother's birthday. Oh, I'm Jessica Baxter. Oh, I'm Annie Malone. And joining us for this episode, he told Josie to call him when she was a drawer. (laughs) And (laughs) ring-a-ding-ding, it's Ryan Whedon. Hello. (laughs) Josie. Thanks for having me back. So happy to have you back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's wearing the official Really Weird yes. Stuff merch. Call me, Call me your drawer. Drawer. <laughs> It's just smelly at the moment and I felt uncomfortable. Well, I think that's a great endorsement because that means you wear it frequently. I do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I do. I love it. Check out our merch. There's a link on our website. Reallyweirdstuff.com. <laughs> I get like $3 if you buy a t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. So excited to talk about this episode. We're saying goodbye to Josie today. Yay. It's a real mixed bag. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, this episode it's all over the place. I'm excited to hear your feelings about Josie and how they've changed hmm. or not changed. I mean, just with all the backstory I have, it's it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into it then. It opens on an owl figurine in a bell jar. It's a nice tracking shot. I like this shot. It starts on that owl figurine and then it tracks across Harry Truman's desk as he and Cooper listening to the latest tape from Wyndham Earl. Now, Gail, listen carefully. It's your move. Please, put your heart into it, will you? I noticed a certain tentative quality in your thinking, as if your mind were occupied with issues other than those on the board before you. And such preoccupation not only weakens one's resolve, but one's foresight as well. A deadly failing in any match, you must agree, particular contest quite disastrous as we play for the grave stakes the likes of which you have no doubt surmised print your move in tomorrow's paper or I will make it for you 
I like have a really hard time paying attention at this tape, honestly. <laughs> I have <laughs> time yeah. to watch this episode for this particular podcast episode. I just couldn't pay attention to what he's saying. I'm just yeah. like, whatever. Blah, I'm looking blah. at what the visuals. Your move right. is important. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I think the death mask is pretty scary, though. It is. And it actually is a mask made on, obviously, the alive <laughs> version of Caroline. But right. that actress got to keep that mask. With oh, cool. Oh, nice. So that mask is on the desk and the chessboard that they use for reference and Coop's tape recorder. And then the camera pulls out. So it's all in one. Track across the desk. Pan up to Harry drinking coffee. And then it pulls <laughs> out quickly to reveal the two shots. I like that. Yeah. It's hard to pull something even that small off. So it's nice when it's successful. I noticed some good directing moves kind of throughout this. What was the name of the person? Leslie Linkagladder. Yeah. Our favorite hunchback seamstress. Good job, hunchback seamstress. That tears it. That tears it. I love that he says that. (laughs) To me, that is a line from Double Indemnity, so. Oh my gosh, it is, isn't it? Yes. Sure, that's a direct reference. I think so, yeah. He's like, okay, Coop, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Cooper says, if Earl wanted to kill me, I'd be dead already. I find that hard to believe, but Cooper believes it. Yeah. I feel like it, Wyndham Earl in the end is really just not nearly the mastermind that Coop thinks he is. Yeah. Right. What has Wyndham Earl done so far? He's killed some people and it's so elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> so much work. I mean, it's like... He killed the drifter. Right. And brought his dead body in and set it up so that it was pointing right. at a chest okay. And also, like, made the power go out. And he had the same last name as Caroline's yeah. maiden name or something. I mean, okay. it was a lot of work. Okay. Yeah. And then there was a whole thing about he found his car abandoned. Like, he does go through a lot of work for these things. And that is also cook up as many mysteries as they can for him. Yeah. Yeah. And they also just keep you guessing. And I guess the idea is that Coop doesn't know what he's going to do next. But whatever it is, it's going to be a labyrinth. That's all we know about it, really. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes it harder to follow. Lots of roads we can go down. I guess it gives the writers lots of options. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one's really got a unified storyline here. We just need Uh, to go from point A to point B, (laughs) and the writer of the episode gets to do some shit with it. I remember my first watch, this back half of season two felt like a lot of grasping at straws in the overarching plot stuff, so... It absolutely Mm -hmm. is, yeah. The best moments are just the little character moments. Exactly. But those do exist, fortunately. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And then also during this scene, we get to see the credits for two very exciting guest stars. Yes! (laughs) I know, that's our dad, Billy Zane! And Miguel for Yes. Wyndham instructs Cooper to print his next move in tomorrow's paper so they get Lucy to find out the latest they can submit before press and have her call Pete to enlist his chess expertise. Paper and Pete. Got it. I'll do it alphabetically. Whatever you gotta do to get it done, Lucy. I don't know what she means by that exactly. He says call Pete and call the paper and she says paper and Pete. Paper and Pete. Gotcha. Okay. okay, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure Harry's just like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then Coop looks longingly at Caroline's death mask and says That's a strange thing to say. He's so young. Yes. He must just be, and she was his first love, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then that feels, like, really big at that time when you haven't been in love again. He's a hopeless romantic. He really of is. my life. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And that's a motif, I would argue, is just hopeless romance. Oh, okay. Blind and hopeless romance throughout this episode. See, I don't feel like that's a romantic notion. You're, like, that young, and it's like, well, she was the love of my life, that's it. I feel like that is not romantic to think that you could yeah. never love again. I completely agree, but it is... 
something that is considered romantic for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree that it's not healthy or good. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I to me, many it speaks, people right, life. that's, I feel like it's saying I don't have the capacity to love, you know, even the notion of like that there's a one, there's the one, like, I don't find that a romantic notion at all. I feel like that's lacking an ability to love. It is, and it's also like really sad to believe that that's true because if something happens to that person, then that's it. Right. Yeah, but then it's like romantic to pine for them for the rest of your life. Like, oh. No one else will ever measure up. Great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that seems healthy. But we do know that Coop will fall in love again. It won't right. go well, but he will. Right. <laughs> and good Lord, Harry definitely is Got some blood blinders on his head. Yeah. down bad. <laughs> Oof. At the Blue Pine Lodge, Pete is just getting off the phone with Lucy. Okay, Lucy. Oh, okay, yeah. Just just tell Harry I'll be right there, okay? This that means she's a... already called the paper because she was yeah, doing it after that. that's true. So a little bit of a jump cut because I can't <laughs> imagine that she did either thing quickly. But Pete looks so nice. He's already dressed up so nice. I feel like it's... For Andrew's benefit. I he loves he Andrew. Yeah. He loves Andrew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's mutual. I love that. It's cute. Like, they're brothers-in-law. I don't know. It's nice. You know, I have a lot of siblings, so I've had lots of in-laws in my life. It's kind of nice when in-laws like each other, you know? It is, yeah. Yeah. I have a sister-in-law. We call each other sister-in-love. <laughs> Has she ever uh, uh, organized your uh, breakfast plate in a funny face? Um, I have definitely done something like that to her. Like, she stayed with me for a little (laughs) while 13 years ago. And I have definitely made her a plate or something that I also made for my kid. And it was like that. I think I made, like, grilled cheese (laughs) bubbles for her once. Okay, okay. Did she laugh really hard? (laughs) She laughs really hard at stuff I do, but probably not at that. But I do think it is hilarious. Like, why do they think that's, like, so funny? (laughs) <laughs> Salt and pepper. Is it because Catherine funny. is so humorless? I think that's got to be part of it. Funny. Literally any attempted I think humor. they're laughing harder just to needle her. If Maybe. it wasn't going to annoy her, they was like, oh, that's funny. But they're, they're like, like practically rolling yeah. on the Absolutely. <laughs> Pete loves about Andrews that like he's got a partner. Well, he doesn't even really rib Catherine much. It's mostly just him like being like whatever dear. And- right. Yeah. I can see it now. Now that we've talked through it, I'm like, wow, I totally get it. So like Andrew. <laughs> he's not a great guy, but he's right. a nice foil also, for Catherine. Also, where are they supposed to be from? Why do they talk like this? <laughs> they are born and raised in Twin Peaks. Martha. That's what yeah. I thought. Old why, Twin Peaks. Why do they have these <laughs> wild accents? There's like an upper crust Twin Peaks accent apparently <laughs> we're jumping ahead a little bit but John Justice Wheeler also has a pretty hoity-toity accent for a guy that grew up in construction yeah but I feel like yeah that's okay yeah yeah I was gonna say but he's like intentionally putting on airs a little bit but I like Catherine's not so yeah right that's yeah. just what you do that's the understood way to <laughs> to behave when you're a person of means. Obviously. According to Twin Mill owner. Everybody knows that. <laughs> it's the business person accent is yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I do laugh so hard at Piper Laurie's face while they're goofing off. <laughs> it's just a really good stink face. It's pretty good. It's pretty so good. good. I love Piper Laurie. Her character is such a bad person, but her performance of that character is just delightful. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of hoity-toity, there's some royal conversation about Pete's a prince of a man, or like a court jester. You two bring out the worst in each other. Oh, Pete's a prince of a man. 
Oh, yeah. Hey. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> They're like Twin Peaks royalty. And then the way Pete says goodbye, you sweet Packards. It's so, <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> He's so cute. Goodbye, you sweet Packards. He's like so happy that Andrew's back. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I like that he got the call to like come in and we need chess help. Yeah, Ooh. it's really a great day for Pete when yeah. you think about it. He's yeah. a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's useful. Speaking of helpers, this is another episode without Warren Frost. Oh, right. Wow. How about that? Yeah, that's notable. Thanks, Trisha Brock. (laughs) We don't need your dad. There's no need for a pediatrician in this scene. (laughs) But surely he could uh, stand behind Pete and say something. No, we don't need him. No, he's not at breakfast. We don't need him here. Oh, and then before Pete leaves, he gets the salt and pepper shakers. Oh, yikes. Little mammy shakers. Oh, boy. I just have to assume that Catherine picked those out herself. That's her idea of humor. Maybe when she was just going through her racist stereotypes, Mr. Takamura was like, oh, I know. We need these. (laughs) Picked them up. (laughs) She's like, where do you have a yellow face costume? (laughs) (laughs) The racist mammy shakers. That's great. And do you have any lawn jockeys by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) I just love those. They're so delightful. Oh, my God. Uh, so then Pete leaves, just then Josie enters, carrying a bundle of twigs, and she sees Andrew for the first time since believing that Hank successfully murdered him, and she faints. I'm home! Did you miss me? Oh, she looks surprised. <laughs> Poor Josie. It is the fakest faint. <laughs> she, like, gently Aww. places herself on the floor. Yeah. That's the worst part about fainting is that you can really hurt yeah. yourself because you don't. Yeah, I they didn't need to have that shot. You see her kind of start to fall, yeah. and then it cuts to her lying on the floor, like yeah. kind of falling into it. Right. That's not great. That's a little clumsy. Yeah, you could have uh, even done it funny with her fall and like have her legs pop up. <laughs> and then that would have made Andrew's reaction make sense. Like yeah. she fainted in such a crazy way. <laughs> That's really funny. I can think of a bunch of ways to do that that it wouldn't look so awkward. I have a note here that I feel like Joan Chen was really going for it because she knew she was getting mm-hmm. written off the show. Yeah. But this is from later. But then like, this is the first we see her in this episode and I was like, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> not a great fall. <laughs> she goes for it in some scenes. Yeah, yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. Later on she's, she's doing better. It's complicated. So back at the police station, Harry is reading the paper. <laughs> I guess it must be the Seattle paper because they're still covering that the Asian, Asian man, man who was killed. killed. Yeah. Still no mention of the man Johnny Kimagai, but <laughs> no clues to killer. Nor do we know who this guy is. We have a picture of for some reason. <laughs> when Hawk brings Hank in for Harry, Hank comes in on crutches, and Harry says he's under arrest for the attempted murder of Leo Johnson. Yet another tedious fucking scene with right. <laughs> God. I hate Hank. Hank is so, so charmless. And like, he tries to be so like witness for the prosecution. Harry, you obviously seem serious about this. So I'm going to propose a trade. How about information leading to the arrest and conviction of Andrew Packard's murderer? Hank Jennings, witness for the prosecution. Never mm-hmm. lands. His stuff never, never lands. Which maybe it's intentional because he's so bad, you know? It always feels like he practiced it a little bit, you know, like, and then I'm yeah. going to be like, witness for the prosecution. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I bet he does. I bet it's, 
Hank is a person who who plans yeah his little one-liners. I don't think he's supposed to be likable at all. There's never yeah. a moment where I'm ever like rooting for Hank to redeem himself or anything like that. I think he's there to be a heel. Right, but it's not even like a good bad guy thing. Like we just watched Blue Velvet, Frank Booth. You don't like him, obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know. But like, but you love to watch him be fucking hilarious. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, there's not really anything about Hank. Right, it's like, charm. ugh, yes. Yeah. But Norma has dog shit tasting guys. <laughs> <laughs> She sure fucking does. Oh, Norma. Harry says, well, we have an eyewitness. You were at the place with the gun in your hand to shoot Leo Johnson. He doesn't name Bobby, which is nice. Here's where I start to be thrown, because I feel like Harry makes a couple of smart moves in this episode and reads situations correctly, and he's just being uncharacteristically smart in this episode, Mm -hmm. and it's really throwing me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it was smart of him not to say who was the eyewitness. He didn't lay all his cards on the table. Right. And then he's, like, just not having any of it. Right. And then, of course, Hank hints about Josie. How's that going to sit with your constituents? You're through, Hank. My guess is, Harry, not too well. Especially once they find out who pushed the button on Andrew and that you're sleeping with her. I feel like that's the second time someone has said it that way. Push the button. Yeah. Who tried to push the button on you, Andy? I mean, it's especially weird because it's like a very specific detail about how the explosion happened, right? Because there's different Uh ways things can blow up. Right. Yeah. Like, it's almost like him tipping his own hand there because he's like, I had to push a button. Yeah. I mean, Josie had to push a button. I it's mean, like, I don't push, know. Right. Like, push the plunger down. That is interesting turn of phrase. There. Yeah. And then when he does hint at Josie being the one who pushed the button, <laughs> he tells Hop to get him out of there, and then he says it again. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> I picture him, like, saying it as they're, like, leaving. He's saying, like, trying to do it again. Like, no, get <laughs> Yeah, his first one was just not angry enough for his own taste. (laughs) That look for Hawk in this scene, I don't know. Tripping a guy on crutches. crutches. It's a big A cab moment. Little A cab. Gee, I'm sorry. not allowed to just hurt people because they're not good people. Yeah. Right. He sucks, obviously. You don't <laughs> yeah. like him, but come on, man. <laughs> yeah. He's already given the death glare. It's not even like because he's bad. It's like because he said something about Harry's girlfriend, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Who is bad news? bad news, <laughs> yes. That he said something accurate. It's just not great. I love Hawk still, but... Oh. I mean, I don't have strong feelings about Hawk, but... I, I think Hawk is the him. best cop there, but well, I mean. he's still a cop. Well, I don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> okay, we won't go down that road. We can talk about it later, maybe. Yeah. Later, yeah. If I can back up, but yeah. It's not great. Elsewhere in the station, Albert is confirming the coop that the person who tried to kill him also used the same guns and bullets when they murdered Johnny in Seattle, and mm. that it's obviously Josephine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bullet we removed from you. This is the one that was excavated from the dead man's skull. Same bullets, same gun, same killer. Let's go get her. Albert, hold your horse's soup. I appreciate any reluctance you might have for busting your pals, old lady, but the woman ventilated you and left you for dead. Albert, I don't 
take it personally. I mean, it's I just love love great to have Albert spewing his one-liners. What about the gloves, the powder tests? Losing five. All right, fine, you're not mad, but there's an epidemic of multiple gunshot wounds following this chick around. She is a menace. I'll talk to her. Maybe she'll confess, turn herself in. Maybe she'll grow wings and join the circus. And it also makes me laugh when Coop kind of stops him by putting his hand up and it yes. kind of looks like he's going in for a high five and it's uh, like a really inappropriate moment. Talk to the hand. I know, it yeah. is a little bit of a talk to the hand. <laughs> and then Coop says, hopefully, maybe she'll turn herself in. Yeah. Or grow wings and join the circus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Equally like how they have a winged lady at the circus. <laughs> Both things are completely implausible. No, I get yeah. it, yeah. You didn't go to the winged lady circus as a child? <laughs> I would like to go to a winged lady circus. That sounds yeah. great. As long as they're not exploiting said winged ladies. <laughs> sure, it's a very ethical circus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the winged lady cabaret. Burlesque, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the Great Northern Hotel, Randy is working the concierge desk. We've seen Randy before working the front desk. I love Randy's 20 seconds on screen. Yeah. <laughs> He's just great. Randy, I've got a list of our non-repeat guests. We're going to send them a special invitation to the Great Northern. Your enthusiasm brings a salty tear to the eye. However... I think you will find my job requires a little more than a tight sweater and a perky attitude. Randy, I'm learning the business. Every week a different department. I don't want your job. Yes. I look forward to your stead in housekeeping. I just like his attitude. Obviously, we're Audrey stands, but from his perspective, the boss's daughter gets to have his job for a week yeah. and he's what like what does he do for this that time? Fucking is he paid? Like, right that's, that's a good not question cool. I what would is be upset he doing? too if it was just like take a week off yeah it right. seems like something's unequitable here because otherwise yeah. he wouldn't be so mad about it Right. Like, concierge is a promotion from front desk, and now he has to, like, go back to front desk or something while she gets to intern. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd be pissed, too. Yes. And I really love that he's like, I can't wait till your week in housekeeping. Yeah. We all know yeah. it's not happening. Right. <laughs> it's a good line. Keeping it real, Randy. It really is. Although it is strange that he says it takes more than a tight sweater when she's not wearing a sweater. <laughs> That's true. It's like they didn't know what she wearing. It's kind of loose, even, like her little jacket. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not tight. You know? Yeah. Strange. What happened to Audrey's style? I'm sorry. I, like, I haven't tuned in in a few episodes, but it's like her hair got weird, and I feel like her <laughs> outfit's not so great. Here's my theory that's totally not canon at all, but <laughs> because she's, like, trying to learn the business, she's probably borrowing her mom's Oh. Like business lady clothes that aren't okay. her clothes. I like that. I do remember, you know, I used to watch the show with my brother Kevin, and I remember, I mean, he was like in love with Audrey, right? Yeah. It really bugged him towards the end of the second season. He felt like her clothes were always like ill fitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like everything's like, wear some clothes that fit. I also thought her hair was better in season one. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, so beautiful. She is so beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. She looks great. Don't get me yeah. wrong. The chunky headband isn't a good look for us. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. someone who's trying to look like an adult. I like, I like <laughs> that, though, that this is. she looks bad because she's trying to be something she's not. That's a good read. If the business is in trouble, she's not going to just go buy a right. new line of right. clothes. I'm sure her mom has all kinds of suits she's not wearing right now. Right. And all of the <laughs> stuff is too young and inappropriate for what she's trying to do. That yeah. Makes sense. I like yeah. that. I always want to give Audrey the benefit of the doubt if I can. <laughs> <laughs> so after Randy leaves, she kind of gets settled in and doesn't look up for a while when her <laughs> first customer arrives. Hi. I just checked in room 215. Strange, you told me at the front desk. I should talk to you. What is it I can do for you? It's John Justice Wheeler, played by Dream Boy Billy Zane. My goodness. <laughs> Sorry, you were working. I am working. I'm, I'm working. You see? I see. 
And not a great wig, but somehow you can just oh, overlook it. Oh, boy. <laughs> we got to talk about this wig. <laughs> I know. Now, in retrospect, I'm like, I'm so glad we got Ryan for the first really bad wig. Well, Maddie's wig wasn't great, but, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This scene specifically, all I can see is you legs can, front. Yeah. And I don't know. Are these SD or these HD that we watched today? I'm not sure. I mean, we talked about this with uh, it's the missing Catherine's pieces. makeup. It's like, well, it doesn't look so bad probably in SD, but then when you get... I mean, our TV is HD is the problem. Maybe. Oh, that, So yeah. even if the DVD is SD, it's... But it was on mine, too. Like, oh, I, yeah. I had just like a crummy monitor, and I could still oh. see like wig line. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people have been talking about that wig line for a while. Like, for years, <laughs> since it first aired even. So even on a small TV, you could see it. Too bad. But he's just got such a handsome fucking face in between. Yeah. Like, I don't see yeah. the matchy matchy brown shirt and pants. Hey. <laughs> or the like wig line. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it if it's uh, just it comfy and like, he's always yeah. wearing yeah. brown. Yeah, he's yeah, always all in brown. True. But it, it is, doesn't look as bad on the suit later. Yeah. He does have a dreamy face. So dreamy. If that were his real hair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You talked me into it. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> right. Fine. It was rough this time watching with you too. It's like I can only see wig. And see. <laughs> <sighs> he's so cute though. Then he yeah, starts talking, he's so and cute. all I can see is his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Audrey at first is so snarky until she sees that face. Which is not great. Like, I mean, she's trying to learn the business. Like, the concierge should be friendly to people, yeah. you know, right. even if they're not hot. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, <laughs> That's it's like point. she just sat down. Okay, I'm concierge for wait, what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you need? Not a great start. We were already Team Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I need a cutaway to him just, like, right. shaking his head. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, I know. Fucking knew it. <laughs> right. Great job. concierge over there. And then he says, such strange stuff, but again, he's so cute that it just fucking yes. works. I don't know what. I have a picture of you. You're wearing a little under skirt. You got a wet apron on. You have pigtails. It's unbelievably cute. I don't like Dundee. Did that? I was right here. I'm great. No, gonna die here. Close my eyes. I can almost see it. And Audrey Holman as Heidi. I saw you when you were 10. I saw you when you were 10, and I have a picture that I keep with me. Ah, I can what? tell. Like, did he mean that literally? Literally a photograph, or like, I have a picture, like, I just saw oh. you and I could see. The I first know. time I watched it, I thought he meant, literally, I have a photograph of you. And then this time, I thought maybe he meant it like, I have a picture like, I look mind. at you. Yeah, like, I look at you, and I, Gosh, I like, that's so. what comes yeah. to mind. That would be a, or, a million yes. times less creepy. Right. <laughs> Like, who wants to get hit on that way? Oh. I'm you not you when you were a kid. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's not, like, that much older than her. How old is he supposed to be? Like, I think he's supposed to be, like, 25-ish. Okay, so yeah. then... He's a Rockefeller, so right. he has tons of money. <laughs> he do whatever he wants. <laughs> I was wondering if you could send someone out to the airport. I was traveling with some heavy equipment on this trip and didn't have enough room in the van. What's that we want? Find a jet out there. Shouldn't be hard to find. Is there anything else I can do for you, Mr. Rockefeller? He's pulled himself up by his bootstraps, though. Right. With a loan yeah. from Ben Horn. Right? I know, I'd love... I mean, that was like the real self-made yeah. man mythology there. But hey. I know. Yeah. I know, I really... He's so fucking cute, but the more I think about him as a concept, the more I'm like, yikes, maybe she dodged a bullet there, but... That, but then she that got was hit the by best a hail of bullets later. Right. <laughs> 
but all right, never mind. Uh, I didn't no, I have Google a lot what of a dirndl was today. Oh, really? It's a skirt. Oh. It's a whole damn dress. An yeah. Alpen-style dress, which consists of a bodice and a skirt. I only know what it is from Project Runway. Michael Kors always talks about them disparagingly. Yes, so I would think. Uh, does he compare things to dirndls? Yeah, See, like, like, this looks a like a dirndl. <laughs> I just remember him Those calling things me. matronly all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mother of the bride. Mother of the bride. Matronly. Yeah. Dirndl. <laughs> what is the other weird thing he says? Is it calling her Heidi? Or saying she was dressed up like Heidi or something? Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah, the dirndl and calling her Heidi. And she is on the fence about him. Right. She's like, he's so cute, but there's Right, no she's so hot here. for him, but does not like him. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. Yeah, probably the right way to feel about him right now. Then he leaves, just as she is about to continue the conversation. Heidi. It's terrible. Hey. And on his way out, he picks up a brochure that an old lady drops. Wearing she has this dress. She's going square dancing or something. That's I, what it looks like. Yeah, it really caught my eye because it's yeah. like bright blue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it like is a, a crazy shape. It looks like a very young child's party thank dress. You. That's, yeah, I feel like it looks like it should be on a child like a, or a yeah. doll. Even like yeah. it doesn't it's look like something a real huge. person would yeah. wear. And like short too. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. It definitely caught my eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's an eye-catching dress. Yeah. She must be from out of town because she's clearly yeah. staying there because you see her then and then you see her later in the restaurant. Or in that same dress. Yeah. Yeah. If only we knew more about this lady. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. Maybe yeah. she comes later. <laughs> so Audrey starts opening her mail and she gets her part of the poem written threes that Leah wrote. Save the one you love. Please attend gathering of angels tonight at the Roadhouse 930. With a separate note to meet at the Roadhouse at guess what time? 930. <laughs> The only time anyone ever meets at the roadhouse. <laughs> then we're at the Hurley home, and Ed is putting back Nadine's figurines, which I assume is because he fixed the shelf after oh, she threw after Hank through the it. Hank oh, situation. That happened? Okay. Yeah, that was a couple episodes ago. That's why Hank's on crutches. Ah, uh, yeah, Nadine, Nadine beat the shit him out of yeah. I was wondering, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Nadine and her super strength. And I I'm amazed that, the, the, yeah, her collection's awesome. I'm amazed that none of those things oh are God. broken. We're a lot of those big Nadine fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed the cat. Yeah. She had a couple. Cat. Those like white figurine cats. Yeah. She has a couple white cats. Yeah. I like her yeah. tchotchkes. Like, I don't know, having just thrifted a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I've got a good eye for them. And she does. Definitely. I like them all. Oh, she's great. And we're about to get some good Nadine time. Yeah. She walks in and breaks up with Ed. Eddie, we have to talk. Okay. Mike and I are in love. In love? I hope you're not hurt. I wouldn't want to hurt you for anything in the world. Honest, you have to believe that. But Mike and I, on that wrestling trip, we had the most magical night together. Well, you and Norma did it. She wouldn't want to hurt him for anything in the world, and it doesn't say, well, that's funny, because I would hurt you for everything in the world. I I cannot stand Ed. He's terrible. 
it just frustrates me so much the Ed storyline in general but that it's like look at Nadine as soon as she felt like her heart was drawn to someone else she was honest and confronted Mm -hmm. him and told him and said I don't want to hurt you but this is the truth you know instead of Ed who just spent 20 years feeling that way and disrespecting both of them it's not respectful to be like married to this person and with them but I love someone else and I wish that she would just disappear right I wish she would leave me yeah they're just lying at that point. I mean, but literally, then, because he's also fucking Norma the whole time. Yeah. Right. So it's, but it's, it's like, enough, I feel but... like somehow it's presented as Ed the, like, admirable, honorable person. You know, she's, like, touched or something. Right. I think that's how it's presented. Mm-hmm. Well, like, he shot her eye out. or He was the oh. reason she lost her eye. I mean, she definitely has other stuff going on. Right. But, like... Right, but then it's like, if he feels obligated to her, of... then he should just yes. be with her. Absolutely. You know, just the contrast of, like, for her, as soon as she felt like her heart was somewhere else, she told him, you know? Mm, Like, she was honest and brave, you know? I feel like Ed is just so cowardly. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I do love when he says, like, you spent all night, and she's like, you and Norma did it. (laughs) (laughs) I love Nadine. She's great. Um, What's the name of the actress who plays Nadine? Wendy Roby. I saw her recently in a bad gay movie, and she plays a drama teacher. What? And she's a pretty big role, and it was just so nice to see her doing anything. And, like, you look up her filmography, and it's so limited. And it's like, she's actually really good. She's great. As an actress. I don't know why she didn't get more work, but... Anyway, it was delightful to see her, and she's playing something completely different than this role. She's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to see she's still doing stuff. If you want to check it out, it's called War the World Mine, and there's like musical numbers in it that are so Ooh. Okay. It was okay. okay. It was okay. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. okay. You're like, wait, it's not as great as in the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not awesome. Not bad. It's like in the middle ground. Yeah. But, okay. But I watched cute. a lot of cute. mediocre movies all the way through, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're recommended. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I love that she says we have to call a spade a spade, too, because that makes me think of her golden shovel that liberates her in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> A spade, a spade. We're breaking up. This is your shiny gold shovel. Two coats, guaranteed. Shovel your way out of the shit and into the truth. Dig yourself out of the shit. It makes it more symbolic. That's the first thing that kind of sheds some light for me on that mm-hmm. whole golden shovel thing and why that's so meaningful to her yeah back at the blue pine lodge josie is talking to coop and Catherine is spying through her venetian <laughs> blinds very surreptitiously yes right. <laughs> oh my god it is a like creaked when she pulled it down <laughs> <God>. <laughs> she's not being subtle at all <laughs> how many times do i have to say it i escaped from jonathan in the airport and i don't know what happened to him after that you understand i could arrest you right now I came here as a friend of Harry's. Now, I don't know what place he occupies in your heart, but I do know that you own his. I would think you'd like a chance to explain yourself to him. Please go. Coop also being as direct as he possibly can without being like, listen, I know you murdered a bunch of people (laughs) and tried to kill me. You gotta fucking stop lying. I came here as a friend of Harry's, he says. And she's just like, I can't do it. Basically, because we both love Harry, I'm giving you the chance to turn yourself in, is what he says. 
We can point out the direction in the shot too. Yeah. Like, I like this. I like the look of Catherine pulling down the blind and then like it pulls out and you see through the blind mm-hmm. and then you pulls out to see Catherine there. It's just a good shot. That's all. Absolutely. Good direction. And it makes me think of Blue Velvet too, looking through yeah. the blinds yeah. like that. Slats, I guess you call them. Yeah. This is the end of it, Josie. There are no other options. I want you at the station house by nine o'clock. I come and find you. But it's funny because he doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> right. He's in his hotel room at night. I also love that Cuba's in his sort of casual TP look all day. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> this is what I wear now. Flannel right. and a vest. Well, I mean, Albert admired it, so. He did, yeah. yeah. I think if Albert gave me a compliment about something I was wearing, I'd wear it all the time, too. <laughs> and then when Cooper leaves, Catherine comes in and is like, oh. Oh, what, what did I do? Yeah, I know. know. <laughs> oh. Josie, I just saw Agent Cooper leave. Was this a social call? God, Catherine. Such a sliz. Subtle. And Josie starts acting all weird. I don't feel very well. And then Catherine's like, great, I'm gonna make you feel worse. Well, yeah. Is everything alright? I don't feel very well. Oh, I'm sorry. I wish I had better news. I've spoken to Mr. Eckert again on your behalf. Well, he's not entirely unsympathetic. He does insist on seeing you alone. I mean, she just drags this way out. Right. My biggest worry is what he's going to do when he finds out that Andrew is alive. Won't Mr. Eckert think that you've betrayed him? But of course, you can tell him that you didn't. After all, you did actually think that Andrew was dead. Oh, no. Hello. Hello. Maybe you can help me. I think I'm so mad. And then she's basically like, oh, well, um, I found my keys that were right in front of our secret gun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like I look for my keys underneath a book very often. I know she planted. It is so funny because it's like, why even bother trying to be that sneaky? Like, I mean, yeah. right? Because you're not being very sneaky. You're just being like a little above, straight up handing Josie the gun. Right. 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 Catherine loves to be like that. Right. Yeah. So theatrical. <laughs> yes, she's so theatrical. That's exactly right. her. Co- she loves her costumes and monologues. Back at the Great Northern Hotel, we're in Ben's office where <laughs> Bobby's trying to call Jack in his room. And he must be on his way. He must be on his way. Bobby is wearing a terrible sort of... I don't even understand what's going on with the front of that blue dress shirt. Yeah. yeah. It was just like the front panels were a different yeah, fabric than the back. Yeah, so ugly. Yeah. It, it kind weird. of looks almost pleated, but it's not pleated, but it's like just the way the pattern is. It and it's cut in that effect. 90s style where it's like you oh, blouse yeah. it out. Like, I hate <laughs> that so much. <laughs> It looks awful. <laughs> it does look really bad. The last thing I don't. Wow. Why did we ever do that? But it sounds bad as what Ben is wearing. Which ben is has like, yeah, like a weird tracksuit shirt With like thing. a dress shirt it's, under it's, the top, I don't, which doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Is he supposed to be, like, getting healthy or something? Like, because he's eating celery? He's supposed to be getting healthy because he also declines, like, a whiskey from Jerry. And Jerry's eating, like, little croissants or something on a plate, and he doesn't want that, and he doesn't want the whiskey, but he has the big celery that he spends the whole rest of the scene gesticulating with. tiresome. (laughs) Delightful in a way. And it's really funny, Foley on the crunching when he bites Mm. into it. Really loud. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of like Jerry's outfit. Like, it's so 90s, right? 
Like you went to Just Shirts. Does anyone remember that store? <laughs> no. <laughs> it no. might have been there? an East Coast. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, I don't know. His leather pants are kind of wrinkly. Like they don't look like quality, but they fit in they, I glove. feel like he has a style. Sure. Yeah, better than anyone else. He's yeah. like sort of nebbish business on the top and party on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Bow tie and a sweater vest. It's like sometimes you have to dress up kind of normy, but you want to put your own little thing on it, yes, you know. I know, but I definitely can right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to bring it back to Project Runway, but Nina would probably say, I like the interplay of hard and soft. <laughs> yes, yes, I like it too. Totally. That is a good description of Jerry's style. <laughs> And he also has a band-aid. Yes, I was, that's why I was like, did I miss something happening to him? Like, did he get hurt in the Civil War reenactment? Or does he just have that? Like, I noticed he has this little band-aid. Yeah, maybe there. David Patrick Kelly just had a problem that day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there was a unibrow waxing <laughs> accident or something. <laughs> He's a kind of interesting actor. He loves props. That's oh, something yeah. I know about him. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So maybe he did just like grab some Oh my stuff. gosh. <laughs> it's very endearing. I love props. <laughs> yeah, right? So Jack finally arrives. Ben introduces Bobby as Bob Briggs. And this is uh, my executive assistant, Bob Briggs. Bob? It's a pleasure. And Ben explains John Justice Wheeler's backstory. Call me Jack. John Justice Wheeler used to be in construction. Came up the hard way. How nice. Years ago, I made an investment in him. A pittance, which he built into an empire. Now, I don't take any credit. He came up the hard way. Right. <laughs> With a loan from a businessman. Right. You know? like, <laughs> what? And he, like, buys failing businesses and yeah. flips them, basically. He flips businesses. And then they're like, oh, so God. you're Santa Claus? Like, no, that doesn't look like no. good deed. He keeps the money. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. he could be, like, a consultant who comes on, but, like... Mm-hmm. No, uh, instead he, he like, Yeah, it's like a it. company flipper, kind of. Yeah. As a 25-year-old. <laughs> right. See, this is where you lose me, because yeah. it's like, you're too privileged. This isn't going to work. That is a very good point. I mean, it's essentially like a venture capitalist or something, which is mm-hmm. like, not sexy. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Flying around in the private jet would get old real fast. Yeah. <laughs> if Audrey was able to pursue that. Right. She'd be like, wait, you might actually not be a good person. <laughs> right. I'm only 18. <laughs> yeah. Still a pretty good story for your first time. Yeah. Yes. So Ben is going through his plan for basically how to fuck over Catherine once again. <laughs> but he won't admit that that's what it is. I want clean peaks to remain unspoiled and era a vast environmental carnage. So we black Catherine's development until the wheel turns and we get another shot. That's brilliant, Ben. <laughs> I plan to fight this ghostly development on every ground and with every available weapon. Jerry calls it out, but he's like, mm, shh, shh. Right. <laughs> we'll pretend that's what we're doing. We want to save the little pine weasel. I give you a little pine weasel found only in our Tri-County area. It is nearly extinct. They're incredible roasted. And for some reason, Bobby pronounces it like Polly Shore. So, you wanna save the weasel? You wanna save weasel. the weasel? I like it because Ben's kind of being weaselly in this scene. He's <gasps> Ben's a weasel. Oh my god, you're right. Weasel. And he's like, like, yes. Save the weasel. The, me. The weasel is me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's 
So astute. I love that. Thank you. No, Bobby. I feel so Life as we know it. And I love Audrey, like, doesn't buy it for one fucking second. Then what? And he says, then I'm considering a run for the Senate. Yeah. He that's, makes them all sit tracks. on the same, like, couch, which I thought was odd. Yeah, it's a business couch. Yeah. They're all four <laughs> just, like, clumped on there. I don't know. It feels like a power move. It is. That couch, we've talked before about that couch and how nobody ever looks comfortable on it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it is, it's like his business couch of you sit here and be uncomfortable and I'm going to pace around you and it's just going to work out great for me. Yeah. Run for the Senate. Right. I really hate Ben in this scene. Right. <laughs> I always hate Ben. He's not a good person. <laughs> Even when he's pretending to be. At the double R, Shelly's checking out a customer. <laughs> it's another interesting shot, a tracking mm-hmm. shot. That's something we've seen before, and it's always nice. The tracking shot down the double R capture. Last time I was here, we talked about that scene with Norma and her mom and how it was like <sighs> over-directed and weird. Yeah. Oh, and right. It's like, you can show the double R this way, like two people yeah. behind a counter, and it looks good. Like, yeah. I, this scene stood out to me as well. It's like, this is well-directed. This is how you do a scene like this. So. Yeah. yeah. You don't need a lot of back and forth or high or low yeah. or anything crazy. I think it's all shot from the other side of the counter, too. But yeah. It's, like, it's just done well, and it looks dynamic, and it you know, keeps you interested. Well done. The only shot that's weird in that scene is when Ed comes in, and although it kind of works for me, but it feels like not what they intended. When Ed comes in, the camera, the way it zooms away, or it does it zoom in on Norma? It kind of uh, looks like oh. a horror movie shot of like a monster okay. is coming yeah. toward me. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Was that like Leslie Lincoln Glatter's little editorial on Ed herself? Get away! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He's so weird in this scene. <laughs> I, yeah, it's uncomfortable when he actually like flips open the counter and comes behind. Like, this is her job. <laughs> yeah, don't come back here. I can come out there if you stop being a weirdo for a second. Norma Jennings, I've loved you every day for the past 20 years, and I dream about you every night. It's time for us to be together. Will you marry me? Yes. You deserve to be happy. It's our turn, babe. Grand romantic right. gestures just don't, they don't work for me. Well, not right. when they're like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing, and yeah. I'm going to grab you. People seem to think they can do that with Norma, because Hank also grabs her in jail. At her work, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I just, oof, right. I don't like any of that. But before Ed comes in, we see Wyndham Merle at the counter in his trucker disguise. <laughs> you said that in air quotes, right? Yeah. <laughs> disguise, yeah. <laughs> But no one knows who he is, so I guess it's fine as long as Great. he doesn't come in for an it's... afternoon coffee or something. <laughs> he goes to so much trouble for no reason. Yeah. That's true. Like, his trucker thing has, like, a whole belly, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why? He loves like, prosthetics. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a heavy old. man. Yes. He should well, talk to Catherine. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and he leaves a, another third of the poem... For Shelly. Oh, and Norma's on the phone with Annie, her yes. sister who just got out of the convent. Annie, it's no problem, really. I've got plenty of room. You just get on the next bus, okay? And I'll be waiting. Can I ask real fast? Yeah. Did either of you go to the roadhouse because you got some weird note that's like, meet me here at 930 to save the one you love? Probably not now, but yeah. when I was the age that those three are, probably I would Yeah? Yeah, I think I would have done it. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to 
interesting. But definitely not now. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so sketchy and like Norma's egging her on in this scene. Right. She's like, yeah, sounds intriguing. You should yeah. go. She it's says like, it sounds dangerous too. Yeah. I was like, did you know I have terrible but I mean, right. Yes, we should all know that. Say the one you love. Please attend a gathering of the angels tonight at the Roadhouse, 9.30. It sounds intriguing in a way. It sounds dangerous. It's a public place. Let's just go to a bar. You know, it's not yeah. like go to somewhere in the woods or some, no, you know, yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like, I can see the rationalization of like, you know, just go to this bar tonight. It's still mm -hmm. not great. I feel like it'd be too weird, but I love that you both said yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you were 18, but, still be a hard I know. Ooh. Like, did you have good judgment when you were 18? No, good for you. maybe not at 18. I might have done it at 18. <laughs> I had more of a sense of adventure. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I didn't think that. Sense of adventure part. plus, like, feeling of immortality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a dangerous yeah, and I think, for me, having, like, more of a FOMO when you're young, you know, it's like, yeah. but if that's I don't go, I won't know what it was about, yeah, you know? And, like, I, I'm happy to not know what something was or to miss something or whatever, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, so uh, kind of a bad look from Norma to be a... Uh... Pegging around in this. I'm, yes. I'm gonna stick with that. My favorite thing is when Norma is talking about Annie leaving the convent and Shelly says why she wouldn't become a nun. She's like, no TV, no boyfriend. God, what do you have to do to get out of a convent? <laughs> Just leave. It's not a prison. Sounds like prison to me. No TV, no boyfriends. She's like, that's the life of a nun and not the life for me. <laughs> no TV, no boyfriends, I'm out. <laughs> She's so young, you know, she it's young. so funny. She loves just stories. <laughs> no TV. And her boyfriend. Is that a thing too? Is there not TV in a convent? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why can't they watch TV? I don't know. I feel like they should be Corrupting. allowed to. They probably aren't allowed to watch like whatever they want. Like really? TVMA or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> really? Probably not. If any nuns are listening, please. Yes. Chime in. Well, are they allowed to listen to our podcast? Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. No TV, but podcasts are okay. That's yeah, good. Sure. Good. That works out. Sure. But you wouldn't listen to a Twin Peaks podcast unless you've watched oh, Twin gosh. Peaks, I think. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I guess we're not playing in a lot of convents. <laughs> I might have to Google it to find out. Can for nuns sure. watch TV? That would be Can fun. nuns watch TV? Keep a list of like Fuck weird it, things that right you Google. Can I'm going to do two and see if my. Is I'm gonna listen different. if nuns can listen to podcasts. Nuns <laughs> have boyfriends. Can nuns... I know they can't have boyfriends. That's something I'm sure they can't do. Man, I got to the WA and can nuns watch TV, Quora? Okay, wow, not a straightforward answer from Google anymore. What are some things nuns can't do? Here's something from three years ago. Sister Julie Distel said, as a Catholic sister, I watch TV frequently. I enjoy sports, historical series, Animal oh. Planet. I saw that too, but she's not a nun. She's a Catholic sister, she says it's different. Really? Well. Oh, yeah. oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, many of my sisters enjoy various television programs as well. Nuns are those women who are cloistered and live a life devoted to prayer. Right. I don't know if they watch TV. <laughs> it probably depends on each order and their rule. Right. Okay. So that does not answer my question because now I'm like, there's apparently a difference between a Catholic sister, capitalized, and a nun. Now, I don't know which thing is what Annie was, living in a convent. Yeah. I guess it yeah. depends on the nun. I do have another problem with, uh, just a little problem, with when Shelly picks up the note, 
Because later on, she recognizes Leo's handwriting. Oh, I was going to say. Does she know Leo's handwriting? But she doesn't recognize it this time. She definitely doesn't. She like looks yeah. at it a bunch and says, I wonder who it's from. Where does she think Leo is at this point? She he ran off in the woods. Okay. He got, so she has no yeah. idea. Okay. I, know, I feel like she would be more worried than she seems yeah. like it. But. It's right. scary. Yeah, but he did get injured before he went off of the woods. Yeah, he so. was in pretty bad shape. I'm sure she's just hoping he's dead in the woods somewhere. So Annie's getting on the next bus to come to Twin Peaks. And then Ed comes in and says, it's our turn, baby. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> now that Nadine has dumped him, he can right. reel Norma back in for a while. So gross. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, and Shelly's happy for them. Right. Well, Norma's happy about <laughs> yeah, it, but it's just like, God, uh, down bad, Norma. For sure. At Windermere's creepy cabin, <laughs> Leo's sitting on a log, sharpening some sticks. Small stick motif in this episode. <laughs> He's sharpening sticks to make arrows so that Wyndham can kill someone with arrows later. <laughs> Windermere's wearing a hat that says CDM Cartwright's Diesel and Machine, and that's a real place in Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> oh! Love that. Yeah. There's something deeply creepy about this scene to me, or just upsetting, the, like, man in the woods... Forging weapons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Like, it, re- it really disturbed me. It sounds like he's quoting some sort of like thing he read. Fly to my breast. Pierce me in colors. Autumnal. Speak to me only of love. Yeah, I googled that when he says it. I couldn't oh, find like a real poem or anything. Okay. Mm. These are the kind of people that I don't want to ever run into. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. Yeah. When you turn down the wrong road and yeah. you're going camping or something and you're like, oh, go turn back around. Yeah, wrong turn. <laughs> I saw a guy sharpening sticks on a log <laughs> and I got the fuck out of there. Yeah. It's like a minute scene or something like that, but it really was like, yeah, it's creepy to me. I don't like it. It is. His cabin is really dicey too i'm not sure what's up with that thing yeah if he found it and has been fixing it up or what's going on with that looks rough it's one of those ones with like the gutter's got moss growing out of it and stuff like (laughs) although our gutter probably has moss growing out of it but (laughs) i can't judge i mean it's the northwest (laughs) (laughs) i don't have like literal branches covering holes in my roof so At the sheriff's station, Norma's come to see Hank and ask him for a divorce. Yeah, another brave person who deals with a thing directly and ending a relationship. Although... Instead of just waiting 20 years for the other person. She did wait a long time, too long to do this. Yeah, but but she's like legit scared of her psychotic, crazy, murdering husband. You know? Right. He's scary. Hank, I came here to ask you for divorce. This is a good look for Norma. It is. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask this question to both of you. Do you think because it's directed and written by women, like, I feel like the women characters are really strong in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think it has anything to do with the fact that they're written and directed that way? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I really like these turns for a lot of these characters. Yeah. I really love Norma's line about when he says, I'm getting better. I'm going to therapy. (laughs) That's very interesting. Right. I got a lot of work to do. The fact that I decided I'm going to try to go into therapy. I don't want to be like this anymore. It's very interesting, Hank. But I have to get on with my life. Who cares? That makes me laugh so hard. I hate Hank so much, yeah. Yeah, all of this is so good, too. Like, just when he says, you're killing me. You're killing me, Norma. Don't blame this on me. Don't you dare. Okay, women are allowed her. to leave people. She's not killing you. 
you right. have ever been told that you killed somebody by leaving them, then... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like how this scene is directed it's a fucked up to, thing to say. The shot, reverse shot, makes it look like Norma's behind bars, mm-hmm. too. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, this has been her prison for yeah. 20 years or whatever it's yes. been. Yes. So it just it feels... But she gets to walk out the door. Yeah, she gets to leave. Right. So I don't know. I thought that was a nice touch. That is really fucking great. And then her line... Here's how we're Norma. <laughs> I'd rather be his whore. Than your wife. It's such yes. a good line. But James Cameron stole it for Titanic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you cool? Oh, God. Damn. Give me a whore to a gutter rat. No, wait. I'd rather be his whore than your wife. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Good job. What's her name? I can't remember. Maybe like uh, Billy Zane carried it over. You know? uh, <laughs> Maybe. <yeah. laughs> He's like, James, James. He's like, I okay, I wish we... Get <laughs> <laughs> the perfect line for this scene. Yeah, and she refuses to give Hank his alibi. Yeah. It's very nice. Also, interesting. Like, why does Hank feel like he has any ground? You know, where he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll give you your divorce if you give my alibi and she's like I'm not here to negotiate you can divorce someone whether they want you to or not it's it does not... take two to get married but it doesn't take two to divorce that's right really. like, isn't there even like a statute of limitations on like once you file for divorce the other person doesn't have to also sign the paperwork after a certain amount of time or something yeah i don't know the de- but i mean i know a person can make it like not easy but they can't make it impossible yeah <laughs> yeah then in harry's office pete is talking chess he's being a little long-winded i know now there are four or five different ways of doing this thing and they all have their virtues and i remember Capablanca blanca and lasker St. Petersburg, 1914. Pete, we've only got five minutes. All right. Pete, we have five minutes. (laughs) They get Lucy to call the Gazette to hold the press, and Pete comes up with a move that he thinks will make it so the Wyndham can't take another piece for five or six moves. But it's actually only three days later that he's able to murder someone again. (laughs) He does his best. He probably is still the best bet they have. Coop wasn't able to come up with something like that. Is this a donut crime scene, by the way? There's just donuts out. I don't know. That's more Brugos' department. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, it looked like, like a bunch of donuts. A bunch of donuts in a, a sack? Well, donuts. that counts as a crime. Okay. <laughs> 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 I can speak for him now. <laughs> for some reason, I didn't see them this time. I tried to count. Well, Coop's like eating over one. Over 12, yeah. so over a dozen. In a stack, on a plane. Which is also just not not how you do that. No, they think it mixed the flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, now all the frosting is off of my donut onto somebody else's donut and <laughs> someone gets double frosting. It's a mess. My kids would not stand for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Harry is being kind of smart here. Like, when he says, I never heard of a man who murders by the rules. As long as he can't remove another piece from the board, he can't do it. Now, not at least for five, six more moves. Now, maybe he'll kill anyway. Maybe just frustrated. I don't think so, Harry. Earl has a perverse sense of honor about these things. Never heard of a man who murdered by the rules. He's like, are you sure he wouldn't just murder someone anyway? Right. Yeah. And Coop is so sure that he wouldn't. But then later on, he does just throw that whole fucking chest thing out the window and go rogue. Yeah. Right. 
So Harry's actually kind of right. Hate to admit it, right. but it's true. God, Harry. <laughs> like maybe it's one of those weird things where he's like suddenly so wise about everything except for Josie's tilt. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's putting everything else in his life into sharp focus and he's able to right. see things better. <laughs> he doesn't want to focus on that horrible in his personal life. Yeah, I don't see that. He's really ignoring the shit out of it until he can't anymore. Yeah. Oh boy. Coop. Albert is here and Harry knows why. He sees Albert and immediately like his face falls and yeah. I mean, actually I'm even impressed with Michael and Keaton's acting in this. Bad look for Albert. I don't like him calling her a bitch. bitch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll allow it. Albert loves to murder. Yeah, Albert loves Coop. I would probably call someone a bitch if they tried to murder you. Yeah, I would (laughs) too. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. It's a little yeah. jarring, though. Yeah, yeah. it just like, it feels weird coming out of Albert's mouth for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Especially just such a straight, regular way to insult someone Yeah, on Twin Peaks. Right, <laughs> right. Especially for Albert, like, you're not used to hearing him be so blunt. He's yes. He's <laughs> not mean like that, so. Yeah. yeah. He must be really angry. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also I think he's probably legit frustrated that Coop has not done anything about this when he knows, like, okay. He's like, I... So Harry's so girlfriend, right, like, just killed somebody else, tried to kill you. Like, can we uh, do something about this? Well, Coop just went like that, you know? <laughs> Talk to the hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry must hear part of that conversation as he's walking by. Right. Oh, God. I think you just did. So embarrassing for Harry. <laughs> yeah. What a chump. Back at the Blue Pine Lodge, Josie's putting lipstick on in her mirror, and it is a very similar shot from the pilot. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Like, Bookends, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew brings in the bubbly. <laughs> I assume you still have a taste for bubbly. We've killed enough bottles in our time. To beginnings. And endings, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh my god, <laughs> right after we just talk about the beginning and the ending yeah. for her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's good stuff. It is, especially since we don't know yet what's going to happen. But Jessie says she's sorry she tried to kill him, but she really doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Oh, I'm sorry, Andrew. My bad. Sorry, I tried to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the motif here is people kind of lying to apologize. Hank is kind of lying to Norma to apologize, and Jessie's lying to Andrew to apologize. And it's not sincere. They're just trying to get off the hook. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because that's kind of flipped with Donna and James because he's kind of trying to apologize. Like, you have a right to hate me because of Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she just took advantage of you. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't blame you if you hated me. James, I know what you were feeling. I was feeling it too. Evelyn just took advantage of it. Well, I was wrong and I should have known that. I know you're Weird. just... Stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew's basically like, you gotta go see Eckert. He suggests that Eckert will take her out of the country so that she can get away from the police. Yeah. But really, he's trying to have her murdered, of course. As you do in Twin Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we're in the woods where James is meeting Donna for a picnic. It's beautiful. I wanted us to go someplace we've never been before. Did they shoot this for a different episode? I mean, it just seems so, like, misplaced. 
I think you just got to get both of them in here somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're also saying goodbye to James because this is the final James Marshall episode until the return. Wow! <laughs> yay. yay! All right. Whoa. He does write Donna a note, like a letter, <laughs> later, or a postcard, or something. But that's two send-offs. Yeah. Oh man. He gets to get on his bike and go. <laughs> Last time. She has a nice spread set out by the that way. Was, it's she does. That was it's beautiful. And yeah. he almost leans into it while they're kissing. <laughs> I'm like, look out for the bread. Not the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, did they eat any of that? She set that all up. They have a pretty funny little conversation, and I laugh so hard when he's like, the police interviewed me about Evelyn. They asked me a million questions I didn't know the answers to. Like, any questions (laughs) you do know the answers to? But they still do a little goodbye makeup. Can I say, I laughed really hard when... There's something funny about the moment where he's like, come with me, and she just goes, no! Through tears, like there's no way. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Smart. (laughs) She's like, uh. (laughs) It's definitely emotional, but there's also like a bit of like, what are you talking about? No, crazy. Good. You don't even have a helmet. (laughs) Thing on your motorcycle. She did the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. She wore her special pearls for him, though. Pearls! <laughs> I know, with the earrings, too. It's mm-hmm. like, what? Aye, aye, aye. I know. Why do they she dress like they're like 70? She's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> she says, take all the time you need. I'm going to miss you like crazy. But you'll go away, and you'll come back with great stories. And none of them are going to be about Laura or Maddie or Evelyn. Great story. Because he's a great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rock on you doing trip? Oh, no. <laughs> Some people ask me questions. Ask me questions. I didn't have answers. At the Blue Pine Lodge, Catherine is reading Great Expectations. Yeah. Which Coop read She's in so episode one, which is funny. Oh, interesting. Are they in a little book club together? <laughs> there is, I did see a theory that Coop lent that because it looks like the same exact edition. Oh. It's a special edition of the Ooh. Maybe there's like a little lending library at the Great Northern or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Catherine is cheap, so she goes to the Great Northern and takes books. He is working on his fishing lures and is all tied up. And there's a knock on the door. <laughs> An insistent, repeated knock on yeah, the door. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No. I love how long this exchange is. This feels pretty Lynchian to me. Yeah. With chicken about entering the door. Right. <laughs> and Catherine is clearly going to win it. Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming. And it's funny because it'd be easier for her to get up. She doesn't have anything in front of her that's a pain to move, yeah. you know, but she's just like... And then she yeah, still does, up. she gets up after he gets Immediately, up. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> I need to see Josie. Come on in. I think she's gone out. Yes, it's rather a lot. She took my car without saying a word. Well, she told me the Great Northern. Power move, so Catherine. <laughs> and she must know it's Harry. It's got to oh. be like a right on time kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I like that, yeah. Because they've been orchestrating that send Josie to Eckert all day long. Oh, she loves this so much. She took a lot of things with her. I don't know where she was going, but I, I'd say she was planning to stay a while. What else did she say to me? Well, that she was going to see an old friend. Oh, Sheriff, I suppose it's been very hard on all of us learning the truth about Josie. 
I like how Harry, again, is being smart because Catherine's trying to distract him and say, oh, she, like, drove off. She had a bunch of bags. And he looks right at Pete and says, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, right. I know she's bullshitting. Again, it's just not like Harry to right. like, see through people's bruises like that. Yeah. Trisha Brock wrote him well. Yeah, Trisha Brock. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. She wrote Harry most of the time. Maybe an actually likable bit. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe not, but. He has motivation, I think, where he has, he's usually a sidekick. Mm-hmm. And like in this in this episode, it's like, I need to save my girlfriend. So I think that maybe is easier to write for. Maybe. Yeah, he usually doesn't have much of a motivation other than just like, on the crop. Yeah. <laughs> Bounce your ideas off me, Coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some really easy questions that I might be able to guess the answers to. Yeah. They send Harry off to the Great Northern, where everyone will convene. And then that's where we go next, with Thomas Eckert getting into the elevator, and he mistakes Andrew for uh, an elevator operator, I guess. Lobby, please. I think the Great Northern doesn't have, so it's right. really interesting that he just, it's like... It's so weird yeah. that is ever a job, ever. It is. Push a button for me. Stand in it's the elevator really and push a button for me. I, know. I was thinking about it because there's one when I was visiting my dad. There's not, oh, really? not one in the regular elevator, but in the service elevator that goes down to the laundry room, oh, really? there's an elevator. It's so awkward. And especially because huh. in that building, there's still masks in public spaces. So it's like another level of awkward where you're trying to not be that close. And, you both ma- and it's just like you get in and he pushes the button. And it's just like, okay. mm-hmm. it's so <laughs> weird. And you don't have to like use a key card or anything. You just No, it is literally like he pushes the button. If there is someone in there that makes this whole scene really awkward because then there's actually three people in the elevator right. yeah <laughs> also it does seem like he doesn't recognize him until he takes his glasses yeah it's so, so <laughs> <That's> me <laughs> I don't think they must so be weird. fake glasses. Cause <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> he puts them back on later. He's like, oh, nobody oh, knows I'm alive, yeah. so i got to put these back on. These amazing glasses. It's really weird. There's a weird button on the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like this is a very Dickensian scene, and so I love that Great Expectations was in the previous scene. But don't believe it, Gaps. Pity it's an appealing notion. The return of the grisly phantom from the grave. You deserve haunting, to be sure. Look closer, Thomas. When he's like, you deserve a haunting, and when he says look closer, because that's what Jacob Marley says to Scrooge. Good stuff. Oh, okay. yeah, that is good. Check you out, girl. And he's like a ghost. I know about chickens. I love to think of who I would haunt if I was a ghost. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Can That's you say? <laughs> well, three people, I guess, that I would for sure haunt. One, I would haunt Laura, but like in a loving way, like mm-hmm. because she would totally believe in ghosts. My ideal would be like anytime the subject of tuna came up, I'd be just like, you know, like I would just make a noise so that she knows. And she would be like, yes. And then someone else, the opposite, Matt, famous original Matt, because he like absolutely does not believe. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, I don't believe in ghosts, but maybe, right? Mm -hmm. I would try and haunt him. I would do something constantly. You know what I mean? Where it's like anytime my name came up or ghosts came up, like I would break a light like you in just carry give him, like, right. it's like what a weird coincidence <laughs> basically andrew's there to rub it in that he's alive and lie to him about josie betraying him josie she warned me off herself couldn't bear to see her beloved husband perish more realistically i suppose she felt there was some advantage to be gained she betrayed me. Because Josie did not know Andrew was alive. So, yeah. is it that Catherine and Andrew want Eckert to kill Josie? 
I definitely think that's what they want to happen. That sounds right. Sometimes I wonder if our Josie does these twisted things deliberately. Don't you? I mean, I guess either outcome works for them. Right. <laughs> Just get rid of Josie. This will work. In the Great Northern Dining Room, we have Audrey, Jack, and Ben enjoying dinner together. It's kind of a fun, awkward dinner. You shall be my teacher. Think of me as an open book upon whose virgin pages you shall scroll. <coughs> okay? Dad says the word virgin. Yeah. Right. I'm an open book upon whose virgin pages you shall scroll. Oh God, <laughs> Ben, calm down. Right? Yikes. I know. Which one of you wants to fuck him? Both of you? <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we learn about Jack's weird business flipping job. Right. Yeah. I buy bankrupt failing businesses. I streamline them, bring them back up to speed, and then usually sell them at a substantial profit. But not, I should add, before making significant environmental concessions. Not before making significant environmental concessions, though. Well, that part's good. I wasn't clear. Does that mean that it's like an eco-washing kind of thing? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The way Ben phrased that. Now, when Jack is finished, the waste is rerouted, the air is cleaner. I feel like the way he says it makes it, like, cut some corners or something. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe that makes them more mm -hmm. desirable to buy back or something like that. Yeah. I bet that's true, yeah. If he's a businessman, which he does say, I'm a businessman, that's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ben, you make me sound like Santa Claus, but I'm a businessman, that's all. Okay. At least he's like, yeah, I'm not a right. great guy. I just know what sounds yeah. environmental Yeah, shit. it's yeah. just Ben <laughs> talking That's about. how business people think. Absolutely. I don't care. This makes money. I have a private jet. Did I mention my private jet? <laughs> and then Ben puts out a cigar when he says the air is cleaner, which is right. interesting. He's really just going for this whole turning over a new leaf thing. Mm -hmm. And then a really funny line. You'll have to excuse me. The chef just tried to stab you. Yeah. I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how he got the band-aid earlier. He and the chef have been fighting. <laughs> Oh. oh my god, I bet you're right, and that's such a David Patrick Kelly thing. I bet you like totally thought He has that. like a oh, whole backstory. Totally. He's got a thing with the Because he chef. had that little plate of croissants. Like that oh. he stole it from the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you had to fight him for it. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then after Ben leaves, because Jack says, I buy businesses that are failing or bankrupt. And Audrey's like, okay, you must be here for that. Which is it? So, Mr. Wheeler, um, which is it? Are we bankrupt or just failing? I came to do an old friend a favor. It's Jack. My father's friends are rarer than the pine weasel. He's just like, you don't like me very much. So you came back to bring us all up to speed. You are Santa Claus, Mr. Wheeler. Better hang up my stocking. You don't like me very much, do you, Audrey? And she kind of hasn't decided yet. Right. Where have you been all this time? I mean, when you weren't busy rescuing widows and orphans and making our world a better place to live in. Far corners of the earth. I tell you, it's glorious out there, Audrey. Far and all, it's good to be home. Exactly, does that have to do with the price of eggs? I'm only 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole world out there. You know, she is very adventurous. She's got an yeah. adventurous spirit. That's what gets her. She does want grown up things, and right. he seems like a person that's young still, but can has show that. Her the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can show you the world. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> and then there's also a sort of new love theme that Angelo makes for these two. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Peaks, uh, let's get a comic of just her. Yeah. The day in the life of this woman. <laughs> <laughs> what happens between dropping the pressure and eating her broccoli and yeah. salmon or whatever? Ooh, ooh, maybe, <laughs> maybe she's the one who acts like she swung around with her purse accidentally and broke his glasses. That's why he had the band aid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All the unexplained that would things be in the so episode. Fun. Oh my god, what a fun little Easter egg that would be. <laughs> Hans Catherine Green expectations. Yes, yes. Who <laughs> <laughs> dropped your that would be great. <laughs> at the Roadhouse, it is 9.30 p.m. Zona enters and sees Shelly sitting at the bar. Wait, can we talk about the woman at the bar who gets her beers? Yes! <laughs> I love her. Oh, my gosh. Great local color. Is that a yeah. wig? I know. What is going on there? She's leaning in. She's giving like, a real, like, hey, yeah. look. I'm on Twin Peaks, you guys! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved her. She was great. Yeah. She gets two beers. She's bringing one of her friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or she's drinking both. Who knows? She might be meeting somebody. It's 9.30. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> when you meet. <laughs> meeting time. They're slammed right now. <laughs> She's just ordering two because they're so busy. Yeah, if I went to the, like, the chat shop, that was a place yeah. where I would get two drinks at once. Yeah. Because the line was so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's meeting that old woman. Oh, yeah. Totally. I met the coolest lady today at the Great Northern. I'm going to hear all about her life. <laughs> and ask her where she gets her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Donna asks Shelly how's life, and she says, you know life. Shelly? Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? You know life. Drag? I think this is a really nice little line. She mm-hmm. says, you know life. Drag? Which I feel like oh. is a double entendre. I don't know. Is that work if it's not sexual? Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. means two meanings. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. You, you know life. Drag. drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm smoking. That's good writing. Great job, ladies. They compare notes literally. Right. So you them here. Strange. It is strange. Look what I have. Hey, it looks like we all have something to talk about. It fits. And Audrey has this perfect time where she just dropped from the ceiling, basically. She's just like, hey, can I hang out with you? I know, I feel like it's like she's like hovering (laughs) back. I have figured out that these are all going to fit and I'm just going to swoop in. We have something to talk about. Yeah, it's true. It's a little clunky. Nobody's even like, whoa, or anything like that. Like, yeah. This is just the sort of thing that happens at 9.30 at the Roadhouse. <laughs> and this is a real poem, Love's Philosophy by Percy Shelley. See the mountains kiss high heaven, and the waves clasp one another. No sister flower would be forgiven if it disdained its brother. And the sunlight clasps the earth, and the moonbeams kiss the sea. What is all this sweet work worth if thou kiss not me? I remember that it's Shelley, because... They say it later. <laughs> and Wyndham is there watching them in his oh, God. flawless disguise. 
Shelly doesn't recognize him as the guy she served earlier today. I don't think she even noticed him. No, it's the same exact outfit. She must not have noticed him. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I had gotten the envelope, I'd be like, wait, that's the guy that was, that's the guy. You gave me this, right? (laughs) The envelope was (laughs) next to your plate. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could piece that together. That's a very good point. You do see a lot of customers maybe during the lunch rush. You didn't notice, so. I think she didn't even put it together. Like Norma was the one who gave it to her. It was sort of distance from it. She's like, who's this from? I don't know. Maybe like a customer. (laughs) Maybe she wasn't even working behind the counter. Maybe she was doing tables and Norma was behind the counter. She was at the register when the shot starts. Like okay. checking someone out. Because I think you're right that Norma picks it up and says, This is for you. Like, she right. doesn't necessarily see you oh, pick it up. I know where it's from. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, 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 okay. But still, like, why wouldn't he have a different disguise on? Like, yeah, he's so, geez. that's like, he has thing. so many disguises. Right. And he's been home in between. <laughs> I know. He didn't change when he was there. Whatever. I've definitely had a moment where I was in a place that wasn't even all that busy, I don't think, but like I forgot something or I wanted to use the bathroom, but we'd already left. And like a person was just like, I don't remember you at all. And I'm like, okay, I guess you see a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. I've been that guy too. And like if it's not your table, you might not even (laughs) recognize the fact that they were in there at all. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Waterfall transition back to the Great Love Northern. that waterfall transition. <laughs> yeah. Good interstitial. It's a good one. And it's the only of our Twin Peaks transitions in this episode. Oh. There's yeah. no spooky trees or stoplights or anything. It's a good one. It's nice and yeah. abstract. And we're in room 315 where Cooper has forgotten all about Josie and is <laughs> casting with something <laughs> it's of... It's like, like a yarn fishing ball. It's like what a is training that? fishing <laughs> ball. <laughs> so you don't hook things For in your crafters. Room. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That must be a real thing, but I do not recognize it as... He's so keen to go fishing. And then Catherine calls to put a nail in Josie's coffin. Uh, no, no, I, I was just on my way over. She's here? Thomas Eckert's sweet. I see. Curiously, Coop, he grabs his gun, he's not wearing his vest... And then by the time he's in the hall, he put his vest on mm. to go down the hall to Eckert's room. So that might just be a continuity here. Yeah. yeah. But he hears some yelling and arguing, I guess, and a gunshot. So he busts in the room and sees Josie and Eckert lying in bed together. And it looks like Josie's like pretending to be asleep. Or yeah, I don't understand like the scene that he walks in on because yeah. it's like the shot just happened. It's like yeah. they're both lying in bed. Yeah. Why is she pretending to be? dead too maybe she's trying to get the jump on coop because like Like, were they lying down in bed and she shot him like that it seems and then just stayed laying down because she's sad or maybe it's weird it's bizarre. I mean, he walks in, like, right after the gunshot. Yeah. And you don't see the gun in her hand. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But she seems like she might be trying to get the drop on Coop a little bit. He's not quite sure who got shot when he comes in. And then, after Eckert stands up, he kind of walks in front of the camera, and we can't see her anymore. And I wonder if we're supposed to think Coop can't see her anymore, either. Mm. Because by the time Eckert falls, she's sitting on her knees with gun. With the gun. He tried to kill me. Is that what you say about me, Josie, that I tried to kill you? What about Jonathan? He tried to kill you too? He... He was taking me back. He asked her why she tried to kill him, and she has a curious answer. Because you came here, I knew this day was going to come. 
this ties into the theory that she's Judy's sister. Yeah. I really don't understand her deal. So there really is... I mean, I guess it's not canon that's not exactly correct, but it's like there was a dropped plot from Firewalk With Me. Oh. Where Josie really oh. was Judy's sister. Ah, okay. okay. So she really is. And Judy is the one who's the love of Coop's life? No, no Judy's, no, Judy's like the, the evil. evil. Oh. <laughs> from the return. Oh. She's like that big vomiting demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So Josie's like a supernatural agent of chaos, basically. But she's not as good and evil as Judy. Okay. And this is a, a dropped plot point from Firewall. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, go ahead. When she says, I knew this day was going to come, it just seems like yeah. there was some plot with Bob and mm-hmm. Judy. And it explains why Bob shows up after she dies. Right. We never know why she dies like that. No. That's, yeah. I no, but I mean, it does so like, like there's something supernatural about Josie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josie's aiming her gun at Coop, and then Harry arrives and is like, Put the car down. Put it down, Josie. <gasps> Harry, put it down! It's, it's a really weird, like, he says it a second time. It's like, he's going to 20, and they're like, okay, we needed a, a 10. Put it down! However, <laughs> Josie just suddenly dies. Right. She's like, ah. <laughs> and again, she falls in a funny way. Yes, there's a lot of funny... I think there's a motif of, like, little falls. I mean, Eckert's fall is also weird. It's like the thing of, like, when people stand up when they've been shot, and then it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I got shot. Right, now I remembered again, and I'm dead. And, I mean, Hank falls, too. I mean, Hank's, like, kicked, but he falls. I feel like it's a fall motif. I like it. She falls, and Harry comes to cradle her body in his arms. Like, when he says she's dead is a bit of an underreaction, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. But he's in, like, tremendous amount of shock, as we will see in the coming episodes. Right. <laughs> he's just, like, not understanding anything. And then there's a spotlight, and Harry and Josie disappear, and Bob comes crawling around. Yeah. Coop, what happened to Josie? <laughs> and it's a great question, Bob asks. Right. <laughs> and Coop's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then Bob disappears, and the man from another place shows up for a second and does a little fun dance. Yeah. And then he disappears, and Harry and Josie reappears, and Harry's just sobbing and cradling Josie. And Coop is still sort of in that supernatural zone, and he kind of looks down, and the camera follows Coop's gaze, I think, to that drawer. The drawer. <laughs> <laughs> like a set of drawer pulls of <laughs> Josie's face. That would be so cool. That would be amazing. Face sticking out. Of yes. It's real good uh, late 80s, early 90s CG, like long, yeah. long Yes, I was thinking long <laughs> man too. Exactly that. I it's like so it plasticky looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened to Josie? What happened to Josie? <laughs> I feel like we don't revisit it and no. she just gets put in a drawer. Yeah. Compartmentalized, if you will. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the fun thing about that, and I mentioned this before, but I didn't have as many details as I have now. Joan Chen really wanted to be in the return, but 
David just couldn't think of anything for her to do. So she tried to implore him by writing him a letter. As Josie from the drawer. <laughs> oh, okay. You can find it on The Hollywood Reporter. I just want to read a little bit of it. Dear David, I write to you from the wooden drawer knob in which I have been trapped for the past two decades, yearning relentlessly for an escape. I hear voices whispering the rumor of a return to my body, and I implore you, O creator, to let me come back. It seems that the possibilities of who I shall become are as infinite as your fecund imagination. Oftentimes I think of Judy, my twin sister. Mm. I imagine her wandering drunkenly into the room, holding the drawers which imprison me, incinerating suddenly due to the sheer volume and flammability of the alcohol in her veins. In my mind's eye, I see her burning. I admire the bright color of the flames spreading to the drawers, the air breathing back the energy that was once her spirit. We could inhabit one body together, just as we had done as mere cells in our mother's womb. Once again, our two souls could crowd one vessel, forcing us to struggle for dominance, for space, for existence. It goes on a bit, but he didn't end up hiring her, of course. I really like that Joan Chen had this internal idea about her character. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering she was the one who asked to be written off the show. Right. Yeah. I hear it was for some really crummy movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She really regrets it. She was like, oof, big regrets. Wish I hadn't done that. And also that she's revisited Twin Peaks in the time after that and really understands it now in a way that she didn't understand it when she was on the show. Aww. But maybe if he ever does Wisteria Lane, she can come back because she's still <laughs> alive and working. Well, maybe not working, but she's alive. Okay, I had a theory. This Judy sister thing kind of blows a hole in. Oh. But it was like, she's put in a drawer because Cooper saw another woman that he couldn't save. And so he doesn't know how to deal with it. So that's like his mind. He's mm. compartmentalizing her. Oh, hmm. I theory. like that. He's he got some powers, yeah. though. Right. Like, he's got... He's oh, not... maybe he's the one who did it, yeah. Maybe it happened because of his will or something, but he didn't mean to. Because is that why Bob comes in and is like, what happened to Josie? Yeah, right. where did she he's go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bob's like, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe this yeah. is the only way I can protect her is to put her away in this drawer. Or know. maybe not, like, protect Josie, but, you know, like, he knew that Leland was inhabited by an evil spirit. Maybe he feels like he knows Josie's inhabited by an evil spirit, and it's like the evil spirit that inhabited Leland just took off, and he knows it's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, oh, I can get that. I can capture I can this keep, one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. I like it. I don't know if Coop can really do that, though. Yeah. There's absolutely no evidence that he has that sort of power, but he does have some powers, though. Who knows? It might be a thing where he's like, I don't even know how I did that. Don't That's ask I mean. me to do it yeah. again, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, totally. Like, <laughs> I absolutely would buy that as a theory. Well, that's the end of that episode. All right, a lot <laughs> happened. Oh, yes, it's a busy one, and it's really well done for a late season two episode. Yeah. Oh, agreed, I was surprised. We've talked about some motifs bundles of small sticks <laughs> what we didn't talk about but I noticed so much is just like so much brown clothing in particular mm. brown collared shirts mm. Hank's wearing a brown collared shirt <sighs> obviously Jack is wearing one the shirt that Ben is wearing under his tracksuit <laughs> looks brown sometimes but sometimes it looks red oh Donna is wearing like a, oh, like a beige yeah. like a light beige yeah yeah, yeah really interesting when that happens like the wardrobe is just kind of all like, this is what color we're doing <laughs> yeah color story brown color story right. brown it doesn't sound like much of a story oh. <laughs> 
Any other motifs anyone noticed? Good scenes between, like, two women talking. Like, I thought that the Norma Shelley scene was good, and I liked the one with Catherine and Josie a lot, too. Mm. Yeah. I was trying to see if there was one more in there. Like, three would make it, I think, a trend, but Mm. I can't remember. Those two were good, Mm. so I almost called it a theme. Well, we have, we, we have the three at the roadhouse. <gasps> right. You know? Yes, yes, there yes. Go. There you go. That's, How's yeah, life, drag? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> you guys. And it, like, super passes the Bechdel test. This, this super passes. <laughs> yes. Which is unusual for the show. Okay. Yeah. I like that about it. Yeah. All right, great. Let's do some awards. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the roadhouse is proud to welcome your fish in the percolator. Oh, that's the only one that I have a real, for sure, answer. It's hard for me to give awards this week, but the fish in the percolator, when Pete gives Andrew that breakfast and they laugh so hard. It's like, <laughs> like, why is it so funny? It's so cute how they're both so tickled by it. He just made a little face with the eggs. It's not that funny. Like, he's so psyched to, like, present it to him. Like, he gives Catherine her plate, and then he's like... <laughs> So and funny. before he even does that, he like kind of eyes Andrew a little bit with like oh a mischievous. Oh my god, he, they yeah. love He's it. Like, I They're got ready. something for you. You <laughs> So funny. That's great. Oh. Mine's from that same scene, except that it's Catherine's face while that's happening. <laughs> it just is so perfect. She's like, I hate this. Right. <laughs> bring it you bring out the worst in each other. You know, yeah. playfulness. Right? Yes. I hate it when people are enjoying things. Right. <laughs> I want to kind of marry those two and have both parts. Because I think that whole part. Yeah, it's great. It made me laugh the most. I like it. Yay! I love it. That's the first, like, sort of unanimous fish award. I think so, yeah. That's great. That is a really solid scene. (laughs) Ceiling fan. All right, so tough because it's not that scary. But in the very beginning, the thing with the death mask is scary. You know, when I was talking, even though I also had a hard time paying attention to what he was saying, but it sounds kind of sinister and it's the death mask and it's a little scary. It's Mm -hmm. just like filmed well enough to like we see all the objects. Right. That's enough. Yeah. For me, it's just Wyndham Earl in his backwoods cabin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spouting out fake poetry or whatever. And Leo's there carving an arrow. Sounds unsettling. Yeah. And he's got like a whole pile. Like there's just yeah. so many. Been doing it for a he's while. He's going to make a lot of weapons. I don't like it. <laughs> that is fair. I think Hank in jail when oh. his pleading doesn't work. And he like immediately turns angry and grabs her and yells at her. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad that there's bars between them and she can leave. Yeah. Good job, Norma. Yeah. He was not going to ever get any better with therapy now. I don't even believe that, honestly. I don't think he's a therapy. No, (laughs) of course not. (laughs) No therapist would have him. All right, LVP. Our last chance to say James notwithstanding, actually, for a while. For a while. I have co-LVPs. I've decided I'm allowed to do it. And uh, it's Ed and Hank. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. They both suck. No notes. Ed and Hank. We talk about it all the time. Right. They are the worst. I'm going to go with Billy Zane's toupee. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I've got to do Matt, my co-host from X-Rated proud and go with the wig and when it's bad you call it out and it's the lvp it's not doing him any favors it really is not i'm gonna go with also billy zane but the brown on brown is like that's just something that keeps happening and i don't like it mr brown it's very ugly it's not working mr brown is out of town (laughs) even though obviously he's so hot yeah Um, yes 
Those lips. <laughs> from, chin right. to, from chin to forehead. <laughs> Good looking guy. He's got really good. No, that's called face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you would call this. This part right here. <laughs> the part that goes from your chin to your forehead. <laughs> There's the not a word there. for it. <laughs> no, absolutely stop before you get to the top of the forehead. It is imperative that you do that. <laughs> MVP. Again, I feel like it was hard. And again, I have decided I'm allowed to do a co-MVP with Nadine and Norma. Because they both break up with their trash guys <laughs> in an awesome yeah, way. That's awesome. That. Yeah. yeah. I was going to do Norma, but then I realized I think I want to give it to Trisha Brock for writing oh, such yeah. a episode out of kind of nothing, really. Like, it's yeah. like I got to write off Joan Chen. I got to write off, apparently, James Marshall. James, yeah, Marshall. <laughs> like, I've got to say farewell to two beloved characters. Two like, <laughs> characters. I said in air quotes. Uh, <laughs> and I almost want to give it to the director as well. Like, the team of them really crafted yeah. something something good. I think I said this earlier, but, like, this latter half of season two is a real snooze after Leland dies. So this one, I don't know. This Going one's back pretty and good. Yeah. This one's pretty good. I think it's well done, well crafted, and I liked the writing. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. So, the team. I'll give it to the team. Nice. Great. Yeah, great. Team. yeah, that's great. I wanted to go with Nadine. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Good for her. She's really continuing yeah, she's to great. follow her bliss and live her best I love life. Nadine. And I just fucking love that for her. And I know there's a little bit of backsliding for her in the future, but then the far future, it's good again. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good character. She really is. I wish we had more of her than we do. She's great. Oh, yay. We had all lady MVP. Yay. All right. oh, what a day for the ladies. Day, yeah. yeah. Lady day. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thank you for joining yes, us. Yes, thank you, Ryan. Again. Do you have anything you want to plug or talk about? Oh, I mean, go back, check those X-rated movies. Podcast episodes out. I worked hard on them, and I feel like they're still worth listening to. Absolutely, they are. And it could come back any day. We'll always do Oscar episodes. So, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> at least once a year, you can count them. I might have to go back and listen to some back episodes. I'm jonesing for you guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can hear your voice on, on this show at least. Yeah, Yay. thanks for having me. Really Weird Stuff is hosted by Annie Malone and Jessica Baxter. Music by Julie Cruz, Angelo Badalamente, and Jessica Baxter. If you enjoyed Really Weird Stuff, please take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Really Weird Stuff Pod, on Twitter at Really Weird Pod, and on Facebook at Really Weird Stuff Podcast. Thank you for listening.